0: There is danger in your books. Were you in danger in the service? No. Never? I I don't think so. Um, Danger is what you sense. Uh, It's, uh... I, I don't believe so. Did you subject others to danger? Uh... I think I'll pass on that. What are the bits of spycraft that you, as a writer, like writing about? I love interrogation.
1: That's, uh, I find that really c'est tellement nouvelle cette chanson française qu'il faut que je l- lis toutes les paroles parce que elle vient de la faire il y a trois jours. Elle a seulement trois jours, et et c'est pour ça que je lis les paroles ici. Mais je vous promets que depuis aujourd'hui, il va être très populaire en France. Vous voyez? Um, je pense.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Tinker Taylor Podcast Spy. It's been a little while, it's been even longer since you've heard my voice, Tyler's <laughs> voice. <laughs> Uh, host number one for this episode with me, as always, is Emma. Hello. And Max. Hi. Excited to have the the whole crew back together. We're back. I'm Woo. back after um, I had twins and they said that you're not allowed to be on the podcast now. Yeah. You're too trad. That's mm-hmm. what they told me. <laughs> so we're back. We're back in the lab, back in the studio to discuss, um, I thought, a rather delightful book, which we'll get into called Silverview. Um, so, Silverview, if I'm not mistaken, because the afterword does talk about this a little bit, I believe it was the last unpublished work Yes, that John Lecrae had.
2: Yeah, it seems like, based on the afterword, that he had written it before... Uh, Getting really sick. Yeah, but before uh, another book that... delicate right. Before... He had written it before A Delicate proof Truth, but decided to publish that
0: first. Right. Um, And also kind of made it sound like, um, because his son wrote the afterword and and actually finished writing the book. And um, the way he made it sound was that maybe there are other kind of fragments of ideas of books and stuff, but this was really the only one that was together enough to actually be finished off and, and published. So... I mean, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, and I forget his son's name now. It's like, Nick Nick Harkaway.
2: Well, yeah, that's Nick. that's his pen name. Right. Nick Nick Cornwell.
0: Yeah, Nick Cornwell. Um, if he will kind of collect some of the other fragments and and kind of finish those off. I mean, if I was him, that's what I'd do. But um, but it sounds like this was the last one. In the afterward, he talks about how it was basically finished, and he just had to kind of, you know, edit it and do maybe a bit of the. I, I, he didn't really talk about exactly which parts he wrote, which is probably a good thing. But
2: Well, we'll just have to get him on the pod to, to quiz him <laughs> yeah. about it.
1: I think there's a few parts where you can kind of see some of the seams, but yeah, yeah. otherwise, for example, there's one part where it's just a little too much. Uh, ex- it's a little too explicit into someone's uh, interior thoughts, whereas John sure. LeCari would have been a little more circumspect. Yeah, I was
0: trying to think of that the whole time. What what part of this is is John's writing, which part of this is Nick's writing? And yeah, it, it overall it's
1: it's obviously. very difficult to tell. I mean if yeah. it, if he wrote entire sections, it's very hard to tell. For sure.
0: Yeah. I think if you just gave this someone saying it was a John Lecrae book, you would not know any different. Um, to the untrained eye, but of course, you know, we can tell. <laughs>
2: yeah, to, to the experts on on <laughs> on your
0: podcast. And this was kind of an interesting one because Max actually reached out to the publisher, and we got review copies.
1: And then is- we didn't review it. <laughs>
0: and then we <laughs> yeah. didn't
2: review it for six months. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's still fresh. But we did get very nice free hardcovers. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: So thank you very much to the publisher, which is called uh,
1: Penguin. Penguin. But Penguin Random House, uh, the Viking imprint.
0: Oh, Viking mm-hmm. imprint.
2: Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, Viking. So shout out oh. to
0: Viking. Shout out to Penguin to his family (laughs) um so okay we'll get into the plot so the plot i thought was it was kind of interesting it's it it's really more of a character study than a plot driven book yes and the plot although kind of fun and whimsical maybe even it was not nearly as high stakes and we'll get into or maybe it was that's part of part of my one not complaint but uh, confusion with the book um so we've got a couple characters we'll talk about. We've got, I guess. So the the interesting thing is, the more I thought about this, Deborah Avon maybe is actually the main character. In, in a yeah. yeah, I mean,
2: I don't think it's. You know, it starts out you think it's JJ, you think it's Julian, yeah. Um, but it he really ends up being, I think, a subsidiary character. Yeah. Um, I mean, it might be the yeah it's it's very the 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 there is no real like i mean they focus on a bunch of different characters but there's no like one person who's yeah uh like the the real main focus i think
1: yeah i'd say it's really about the avons and their family secrets yeah um, which become a theme throughout silverview um this is sort of foreshadowed in the beginning where um, uh, Julian's father is revealed to be somewhat famous. Uh, Cult like,
0: uh, guy. <laughs> yeah. He was a, a priest. Yeah. A priest. Slash atheist. A
1: vicar who then very famously quit his job. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, it's all about having complicated feelings about your dad.
0: Yeah. So, so Julian Lonsley is the kind of point of view character and he's basically an ex, um, finance guy from London, gets sick of it, moves out to seaside town to open up a bookstore and, you know, start a new life for himself, somewhere quiet and and pretty and do something he loves. And, um, that's kind of the where the rest of the characters come in. They all kind of come in around Julian uh, so to run through a couple of the other main characters. So Edward Avon is, is kind of maybe the, the second most um, important character by uh, in, in terms of the actions maybe uh, in the in the book. He is the husband of Deborah Avon. Um, turns out Edward Avon strikes up a friendship with Julian in his bookshop very strange guy, seemingly (laughs) alcoholic or drunk quite a bit, very smooth talker, very smart, and kind of convinces Julian to work with him to open something in his bookstore called the Republic of Literature, which is, you know, a a place that's going to sell classics uh, of literature. and, And they kind of bond over that. And Julian's very interested in him, especially because Edward, seems to insist and i and i was never sure if this was true that he knew julian's father while they were in school um was that ever confirmed actually and sorry spoilers there will be spoilers did they did they ever confirm if he did know his dad or not i guess it doesn't it
1: is confirmed because he sent him a letter
0: right 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 right
1: but i i think i i feel like he exaggerated the relationship and was sort of uh yeah, I'm using to. it as leverage to get in with Julian.
0: Yeah. And so he gets in with Julian and it's not really clear initially why uh, he's, he's getting in with him outside of just, you know, he wants to make a friend and, you know, he wants to open this, uh, this Republic of literature. Um, but in the background, while this is going on and, and uh, Edward and Julian are getting to know each other, there is kind of our main um, active uh, service member
2: yeah and there's I. also i i mean i want you don't you can't really call him an antagonist i mean i guess he's like kind yeah. of the closest thing but there's no real like you know there's no real like enemy like no. there is in some of the some of john le Carre's yep. books
0: totally <laughs> yeah and, and, th- and this guy's name is Stuart proctor and he's actually introduced in the first chapter where at the time a unnamed character who ends up being um, Teddy, uh, or I should say Edward, but he goes by Teddy in the book sometimes. Um, Edward's daughter, Lily, uh, ends up bringing a letter to Stuart Proctor. And that letter is actually from Deborah Avon, who we kind of talked about briefly, who's Edward's wife, who was uh, a very high up um, British intelligence agent and who's terminally ill. And, and that's kind of a big part of the book is that she's ill. And that's why Edward's, well, that's at first why you think Edward is so sad, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. And um, the, the letter from Deborah to Stuart Proctor, uh, we don't know what the letter says exactly, but it seems to insist that Edward Avon is somehow using intelligence or sharing intelligence um, that either she has come by or, you know what, we'll get into that, but maybe it's not all too clear what exactly Edward has done, but he's doing something that Deborah and uh, British um, intelligence is not happy about. And so Stuart is kind of on the hunt for Edward to figure out what he's done, why he's done it. And to, to kind of, I guess, get him to stop him from doing whatever it is he's doing. Um, so that, that's kind of the main thrust of it. And and Julian is kind of, he, he gets pulled into it, but he's not really an active participant. At some point he does do some things for Edward. There, there's a point where Edward gets him to kind of carry a letter into, into London and give it to someone who ends up being, um, she, w- uh, I can't remember her name now, but she was an agent that worked with Edward that he was, um, we learn. Maybe uh, Ania. with. Sorry? Ania. Yeah, right, right. So, um, yeah, he, Julian is, a I, I think, a really quite well-drawn character. He's very friendly. He, him and Edward's scenes are really, really good. They're both very funny and, and pretty sharp wit. Um, but I, I guess for those main characters and, and for the basics of the plot, what, what did you guys think about that?
1: I thought that... This is definitely the funniest literary I've read, and it's also strangely warm. Um, it
0: is, yeah, yeah.
1: Like Edward is very clearly recruiting Julian to do spy work for him, and basically running <laughs> him as an unwitting agent. Yeah, and so you're like, okay, something pretty sinister must be going on. But the whole time you're like, oh, this charming, funny old man with the the strange, stilted uh, language is uh, roping Julian into doing something weird again and
0: <laughs> yeah
1: you end up being charmed by it i remember saying to y'all while i was reading that this would make a kind of kind of a cute movie <laughs>
0: oh i think this is maybe out of all of Lecrae's book uh books one of the better books that could be adapted into a movie cuz I mean, it's-
2: also it's one of the few that has like a happy ending
0: <laughs> yeah no i know it does it does kind of have a weirdly happy ending i guess and and the other weird thing about it I guess in terms of meta plot is that deborah avon the whole time has this terminal illness and is dying and the i kind of finally going to um talk to well not talk to but in inform on her husband seems to be kind of an act at the end of her life to clear her conscience of you know make sure that when she dies she has done right by the British uh, state and and everything like that. She's she seems to be someone who um, thinks of her job and her her honor and and even her religion is a, kind of a very important part of who she is. Um, and that's why I kind of said that I, I think she is almost the main character, which is weird to say because she's actually only in one scene in the entire book. But it's one of the better scenes that the the scene where. Julian comes over for dinner after a long time of kind of getting to know Edward and trying to find out what the hell's going on. Um, he goes for dinner with them and Deborah kind of grills him I guess. I don't know exactly what else uh, you could say, but that scene is really electric and very yeah funny. I went
1: I went back and reread it after I finished the book and there's just so much going on in that yeah. dinner scene when you realize who knows what and
0: in- right.
2: Okay. Yeah. No. I was gonna say it's just it's a very funny scene because everyone's kind of hiding what they know from each other, and you know, I you, you kind of from the outside, you know, you know like what everyone knows, but you right. know, Jul, Julian's kind of there, very clueless, and <laughs> Teddy and Deborah are kind of playing this game around them and it's just and then lily's like ducking in and out of the kitchen and do you kind of see the budding relation like romance between lily and julian um it's it's i i think that that is a scene that would film very well
0: oh yeah i love the i love the moments where um teddy is constantly going to get drinks and just make himself busy because he's so uncomfortable and so clearly you know knows that his wife at this point you know hates him maybe (laughs) or certainly is trying to get him you know arrested um and is it's too awkward for him to sit there and and hear her grilling julian (laughs) so he keeps
1: busy himself in the kitchen i love that yeah because meanwhile julian is falling in love with edward's daughter
0: right exactly it's such a funny uh kind of comedy of manners type scene that you don't i mean i don't recall a scene like that in any other John Lecrae book it, it's it's almost just a written like a pure comedy yeah yeah
1: no there's funny bits and like Taylor Panama agent running in the field but yeah, not yeah. a book that maintains its humor
0: yeah yeah but but it all it is it is tense though in a way you you do feel for Julian because that that's one of the funny parts about Julian is he's kind of excited by what's happening and he he knows something yeah is going on <laughs> But he really doesn't understand what's happening because there's that there's a point where he he talks to, um, I can't remember what her main shop was. The uh, the lady that Edward kind of was selling uh, antique shop sold antiques, yes, the antique shop. And Edward was kind of using her shop to, I don't know exactly what he was using their computer, but he was also perhaps selling a bunch of old, um, you know, very expensive, uh, uh, pottery and not pottery. What's the, what's the word? Uh,
2: China. Yeah. Like, like China. Yeah. Um, like literally China from China. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> expensive I, stuff and kind of using it as a shell to sell this stuff on for what purpose. It's not exactly clear. Um, and he kind of ends up getting her, you know, it, I, I can't remember when it was, but she ends up getting, um, you know, secret service agents showing up at her place of work and investigating her and and tax, uh, <laughs> a bunch of tax fraud accusations, I guess. So Julian knows something's going on, but he truly doesn't understand exactly what he's getting involved with.
2: Yeah, he'd actually, you'd think, you know, when you read about Julian, you, it actually seems like he would make a pretty good agent. Like he sees like he notices a lot of stuff. He's like, oh, this truck is sitting out there with like the people making out. And like <laughs> yeah. he's like, oh, these two laptops went missing and it was like the perfect robbery job. And he's he's like noticing <laughs> yeah. all these things going on, but I mean there's no way, it's like not a knock on him. There's just like no way. How would he know like how would he know? Yeah. that 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 this is kind of the spy intrigue? The thing, is going the thing on he notices
0: him. and points out, which is really good, is that he he's very quick to notice how easily edward can slip into different kind of personalities yes yeah and that's obviously a skill there's a scene where um when proctor is is kind of i guess tracing edward's career um and this is the main scene where we kind of learn actually about edward's history cuz he was himself uh formerly part of uh british secret service and and he worked in um well for them all around the world but um i guess bosnia would have been his the place where his you know, most relevant experience came from. And um, you hear about what an amazing agent he was and how he was, you know, a shooting star. And then during the Bosnian War, like some something very, very terrible happened to a village that he was, I guess, I, I don't know exactly what you'd say. I, he was falling in love, fell in love with someone there and seemingly wanting, wanting to live there or move there or something, but um, ended up getting bombed during the war and, and, you know, slaughtered and that kind of broke him. And that's when he left the service and uh, effectively put him on the path that he ends up being on in this, in this book. Um, So, so that scene you hear about what an amazing agent Edward was. And I think the book does a really good job of even though he's, he's, he's quite old and, you know, he's drunk half the time showing how smooth he is and how polished he is and good at interacting people with people he is and and I thought that was a really um I don't know they they characterized Edward very well um so what did, what did what did you guys think of i guess the the it's not the setting for the book but the setting for um i guess the relevant foreign intelligence work because i i don't think i've ever read or watched anything that had to do with that conflict and so when- i I
1: yeah. thought it was kind of strange because it doesn't really take up a lot of space in the book um no it's very limited it could have basically been anywhere i mm-hmm. feel like this is one of the parts that wasn't really flushed out because uh, yeah. i'm sure it's somewhere that he would have written about in exhaustive detail if he could have, I mean, just think of how Southeast Asia is, you know, lavishly described in The Honorable School Board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, whereas or we p- get like a few paragraphs about Bosnia. I, um, no, all I everyone. want is, I, w-
0: I want there to be a book about Edward Avon working in Bosnia now.
1: Right, yeah. right. You get these glimpses of what would be other Le Cari books within this one, yeah, okay. um, which is to say... I think that this book is primarily vibes. Like the plot is extremely convoluted. Mm -hmm. Um, There's still a few points that I'm not entirely sure on. Um, Yeah. So much of it, because I think it was from a mostly finished outline, uh, a lot of it is just vibes and characterization. Yeah. And so I've seen so many, I'm in a few John le Facebook groups, and (laughs) all the old heads are complaining because they say, It's very light, it's not substantive. Um, You know, it it doesn't have these like intricate clockwork plots that John LaCarey usually has. But I think it's, yeah, it's definitely true. But I really love it because I think it has some of the most emotional depth. Yeah. And And it's intensely intensely personal. Um, It's all about your relationship with your family and the truth and, you know, what it takes for people to live with themselves and uh nick says in the afterward that uh he felt that this work was almost too raw for his father to publish um and that it was some of the most searing work that he'd written and i i really think it cuts at the core of it because the service stuff is almost immaterial yeah Um, yeah as he says in the afterward that it's the it's a service that's you know turned inward, um, dragging behind America. Uh, there's no Cold War to justify it, and now they're wondering if they can even justify themselves. So the idea of NATO and British uh, intervention in Yugoslavia is almost immaterial because it's all about you know w- what there is to do when there's no totalizing schematic to arrange your world around.
0: Right. Yeah. And how exactly. How you
1: retreat inward.
0: Yeah. And the funny thing I found, too, is that I don't know when he wrote this and I don't know. I mean, he was he would have still been pretty old when he wrote this. So I'm sure John Lecrae, being the type of person he was, was thinking a lot about what it means to pass on and die and and, and everything that comes with that philosophically and otherwise. And and I just thought, like, I kept thinking so much. and, And that's why maybe Deborah Avon is just so such a big character in this book to me like her the the arc of the book really follows kind of her the end of her life yeah. yeah i i found came across as you know it's a very um funny book and maybe that's why it's lighter but i found it quite um not a dark book but a heavy book in the sense that it really is all about a family dealing with the death of a mother and how hard that is yeah family as fucked up and as and as strange as the avons were and how that you know that death brings out so much good and bad um in everyone like it brought lily and julian together but it also kind of destroyed the end of edward's life and all of this and and so i i found as as light as it was uh in 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 the prose and and kind of the plot that it, it actually was dealing with some pretty heavy topics and and about the service, too, I thought some of the my favorite parts were um, there's a scene. Well, there's kind of two parts, but kind of the end of the book where uh, Proctor is more involved. And he's thinking to himself a lot as he's waiting for Ed- Edward. And he's kind of thinking to himself about how, I guess, the pointlessness of of yeah. the and service and, and what he's able to do. Yeah, with it- yeah I'd like that a lot.
1: It all feels really pointless. You know, there's all this pomp and circumstance for Deborah's funeral, um, yeah. honoring her lengthy career as an agent. But we also find out that Edward has been leaking things from her career for almost as long. Yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, what did it amount to? And then did Edward's leaks even amount to anything? Uh, they read out what he... Was writing. He was basically writing for pro-Palestinian journals yes. and stuff uh, for this peace activist, the the woman that he fell in love with. And it's like, well, that didn't have a measurable impact. So I, I just, I keep coming back to this theme of, uh, of people just kind of going in circles um, in this sense of futility, where they devote themselves to a cause uh, and nothing seems to come of it. Um, yeah.
0: And what is which, the cause? which I think
1: I think Proctor brings up at one point because yeah, he says yeah. he finds it suspicious that uh, Edward was committed to something because he views uh, commitment as inherently suspect.
0: Which is funny because if you look then at at older Le Carre novels and you know the Smiley era of novels, you know that's that they had so much to be committed to. Whether you agree or disagree, it was it was pure commitment. I mean, yeah. Was, A lot of complexity but they were people who actually felt like they had a cause that they were either protecting or a cause that they were trying to defeat and um it felt like there were real stakes and and you could just get the sense from proctor you know professionally and personally that he's like what the hell is the point of any of this it's it's just whereas with smiley and that era and that cohort it felt like their jobs really meant something and i know the sense that I got for Brock Proctor is, is like, this is just any job. Like it could yeah, be- I
1: almost wonder if you could, you could situate this book with almost any conflict. And in fact, yeah. there are multiple conflicts that run throughout this book, yeah. but you couldn't situate it in any other time.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It has to be a post-Cold War book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's certain. But I mean, I but think- it could, be, it could have been any conflict. It could be the Troubles. It could be, um, you know, yeah. it's really Palestinian conflict. Mm-hmm. Could
2: be Bosnia. Yeah, certainly. But I, I mean, I think I don't know. I mean, I think you get with Smiley, there's a huge amount of him interrogating what he is actually working it's, for. Yeah. No, I for mean, sure. this like That's true. That's,
1: About whether I, it is, you know, a subjectional yeah, struggle.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think that's it's a similar thing you get here with Proctor, but I think I guess the difference here is that the i don't know i don't want to say like she main character partner. it's not it's not driving the plot here i think that's yeah. you know what is i think in kind of it, it, the 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 committed character is kind of driving this this book um i i do think you get as you get in a lot of the the books is i think it's interesting in the way he uses like betrayal in this book cuz it's not really you know, he's spying, but it's not really a betrayal of the country as you get in, like, right. you know, in, in Spy Who Came In From The Cold, where they're yeah. trying to protect, uh, you know, where uh, is, you know, the, the, mon- the train is, yeah, or, or you know, in, in Tinker Tailor and things like that. Yeah. Um Whereas here it's like really, I think going back to the family, like it's just betrayal of family relationships and yeah. um with Teddy and and Deborah and and Julian's dad and you know yeah, betrayal of the church.
0: Um I think it's kind of running through the the whole book. Well, and maybe maybe we should quickly touch on because this is the point and we we chatted about this once uh once we all kind of finished the book, was that and this is maybe my biggest criticism of the book. And although the more I think about it, the more that I think either if it's intentional, it makes sense that it was intentional or if it wasn't, it's still, it's still, it works. The more I think about it, is that it was never clear. There's this big scene where Proctor is meeting with um, a director in, in the secret service and they're kind of head of legal. And they're talking about what Edward did or didn't do. And that part I found really muddy. I, w- I was looking for, okay, what are they actually accusing Edward of doing? It
1: is really unclear.
0: And the most that we can all agree on is, yeah, he was writing some articles for this pro-Palestinian journal under a bunch of different kind of pseudonyms. But they- He's also
1: moving money around too, yeah. Kind of moving money passing,
2: to Yeah. Passing, potentially passing information to right. pro-Palestinian
0: activists. But it's never clear in that scene, you know how how serious of secrets has he been sharing. Now, the thing that you could assume, I guess, is because of it, it's 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 intended that Deborah was quite high up, that if he had access to all of her Intel, he could probably be passing on some pretty spicy stuff, but it's never that clear. And at first, I did have a problem with it, but the more I've thought about it, I think that ambiguity adds to that feeling of the pointlessness of the whole operation where it seems like in that scene, even the characters themselves couldn't agree on what it was. He actually did. But everyone (laughs) was like, we have to do something about this. So, um, and and so I did have a problem with it and maybe it, it comes down to intentions. And if the intention was for it to be vague, then I think that is actually kind of brilliant and works well. But if there was supposed to be something clear you could draw and, and take away as, oh, Edward did this thing, that wasn't clear. But that scene was great. That's the funny thing about it. I really enjoyed that scene.
1: I, and, uh, I love that scene where they're talking about what he did because there are some binger paragraphs in there um, where, like, where they're summing up what he wrote to publications and yeah. he sort of sarcastically sums it up but it's so damning and so true that they all just kind of sit there in silence for a bit. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So
1: he, he says America's determination to manage the middle East at all costs. It's habit of launching a new war. Every time it needs to deal with the effects of the last one it launched; NATO is a leftover cold war relic doing more harm than good in poor toothless leaderless Britain tagging along behind because it still dreams of greatness and doesn't know what else to dream about. Proctor <laughs> said, leaving a brief silence after him. Ended by Teresa, who apparently felt the need for a caustic diversion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that. I think I highlighted that sentence on my Kindle. Yeah, after.
1: where they're all just sitting there, like, "Damn!" I mean, Damn, he's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> do be like that. I,
2: I do think the uh, Proctor scenes are some of the the better, the funniest, and best written parts of the book. The I, I think my favorite scene was um when proctor goes to visit the military base yeah where, you know he he goes to to visit this <laughs> guy and he's like oh yeah you used to like find leaks like what are you doing here he's like "Ah, it's nothing they just you know we're we're examining we think there's might have been a leak here can you show me like the facility and it turns out it's like this bunker 3,000 like feet or whatever or yeah it's like a, it's oh, like yeah. where That's they would one of
1: my favorite parts in the book because yeah. they then explain that this is the one of the most secure places in Britain. It's <laughs> yeah. for the top level people. It's a closed circuit. they call it like a daisy chain of of a computer network. Um, no one else can access it he's like, okay well, uh, we have a leak and they're like, Oh yeah, we do have a cable running to a random house because
2: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Deborah
1: works from home. Yeah.
2: <laughs> They're like he walks in like, and Oh, okay. <laughs> and then and then I love I love the there's the the great paragraph where he goes, Todd had a frightful thought, but for Christ's sake, Stuart, let's not go thinking about your technological breach. She's the absolute end of the chain was, and there's nothing around her for miles which Proctor replied, take it easy, Todd. We all know what head office is like when it gets a B in its bonnet. I
0: mean,
2: it's like he had gone on for like ever like, oh, it's a closed circuit. There's nothing coming out of this bunker. And then he's yeah. like, oh, but, oh, by the way, we built like, we just like let her log in from a computer from her yeah, house. And, and you, you
0: learn that, you know, Silverview, which is the name of the house that Deborah and, and Edward live in, which is where the end of that daisy chain goes to. She's basically got this one office that's supposed to be super secure. Um, But I think there's a scene where they describe her walking in one day and Edward's just like standing in the office. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously, of course, that could happen. You've got, you know, one, two spies living in a house together and all this sensitive information. Yeah, it's it's really good. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, no, I I just I love that because it also I mean, that's a very real human error that's yeah. is like oh you know this woman is unimpeachable
0: yeah um, home, of, am I right? of
1: course we can run a line to her house
0: <laughs> and I, I the one thing too i, I did like uh, uh, on on the lighter notes is i thought the lily julian relationship i thought was really nice it wasn't um it wasn't super heavy-handed No, it's very subtle. It was told through gestures and like little hugs and handholdings, and it and it kind of was a slow build. And it was never this um big triumphant uh, part of the story. It was kind of this little side story. But I thought it's just
1: something nice that happens. Yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. And it kind of made it seem like the whole thing was worth worth it, you know. Um, And I think Edward even kind of says something to that effect uh, the last time he talks to Julian. because he he's, seems pretty happy and and he obviously thinks a lot of Julian and uh, is happy because he had a horrible relationship with Lillian and um, our Lily and uh, yeah I, I thought that was really really sweet and really well done so kudos to kudos to that one of the I, best I, relationships I think
2: for sure and I do think it's interesting how you know Deborah you know, you get this when they first meet she kind of sweeps him off his feet and you know she violates all of service protocol by right. like dating and marrying him. Cause she's, she's his debriefer from the right. first, yeah. his first, he had been like, he had gone back to Poland and had been spying behind the iron curtain um, and got, got burned um, and was pulled out. Uh, and, you know, she debriefs him and they kind of fall in love and uh, get married. and, You know, he starts betraying her and you you think, you know, she does. I think I think you were right. She reports on him to kind of clear her conscience at the end. But she obviously had some suspicions or knew something before, like long before that. Like, she's not a dumb person. She she she, she, you know, she caught him red handed, literally, like in (laughs) the and, you know, she forces him to sell like she sells the all the pottery, all the china to like. So he can't use that method of communication anymore <laughs> yeah. thinking it'll stop it. And she like does everything until to stop, like until she's like, fine, I have to like report him. Um, but you, you know, I think you still see like as much as they kind of hate each other, there's still that like love and affection they must have deep down. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure, yeah. it's like, or devotion to family or yeah. something to each other. Um, yeah. I mean, because they also they never got divorced. Like they never
0: right, right, split. exactly. Um, the um, you know, I I think maybe we can we can start to wrap up. I think the the end of the book I really enjoyed as much as the the first. I don't know, two thirds of the book was really quite slow and just about the Edward Julian and Julian slowly kind of getting wrapped up in things. The pace really picks up in the second or the last third of the book where we've got, you know, that scene where Proctor's kind of debriefing. Then we've got the funeral, which is a pretty great scene too. <clears throat> the scene where Proctor actually takes Julian after the funeral and they sit down and talk to him about everything. And and then I think my favorite, I, I can't remember if it was one chapter or two, but where they're trying to catch Edward. and Yeah,
2: at the fight. beach.
0: Yeah, where Proctor, like Edward says, okay, meet me at the beach, and they 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 go to the beach, and and Proctor has agents everywhere. Um, but I, I can The setup there was he was telling he told them to tell their agents that it was a training that it wasn't right because he's he said that if they were doing it, um, for real, that it would be too easy for Edward to you know figure out what they were doing, um. Or, or maybe just so they wouldn't understand at all what you know what 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 they were getting involved in. But, but either way, that whole scene was really, really good. And then Edward doesn't show up. They go back to the house and they're waiting for him. And everyone's like, "We've had the house surrounded, and he's not there anymore." Yeah, and he, but he like gets away in the um, the post office truck.
2: Um, yeah, um, that was a that was like a very funny. They're like, "We just yeah. saw the post office person," and then they finally talked to him, and he's like. Yeah, he wanted a ride. I told him it was against policy, but he kept. I mean, he is that is like one thing. You can see why he's a good agent because he's just so persuasive with everyone. Like he's like so charismatic and just able to kind of talk everyone off their feet. Um, Yeah, people just end up doing
1: what he wants. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. like
2: everyone, JJ, you know, the antique store,
0: um, uh, and it's all in this little town. Little town, which is funny too. He's like running this spy network by utilizing all these small tourist shops
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. and he kind of is
0: just using like whatever's
2: like presented to him because you know he's i guess this is kind of there's one thing that kind of i don't know if you want to say breaks the suspension disbelief to me is like what are the odds that julian ends up in this town yeah near him with this connection right when like she's like kills his other and you know I I still think it works but that's that is I think one of the main reasons that made me question for a long time like is this real is the connection real yeah yeah you know and then you I think I had to conclude that it is cuz also the like letter was on I think he forces you to believe that it's real cuz the letter was on Belgrade embassy stationery right which, right so right. like you know <laughs> if it if you know if it had just been like a letter that was like from Faustus you could have dismissed it as like, oh, he's okay. just lying about Faustus. He like yeah, yeah, yeah. heard Faustus and saying he is. But the fact that it's on Belgrade Stationery when he was in Serbia, yeah. it's like, okay. Okay. Um yeah. but it's it's the the end, I I mean I think it's it's very well wrapped up. I do think it I think this is one of the scenes where and I, I kind of admire if if we're saying like Nick for the way he did it is like he didn't seem to add a lot because it seems like there, you know, might have been more in in some of his other books. It seemed to wrap up very quickly. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, well, and we had a Bad thing. The the end. Ultimately, Edward gets away. Now, yeah. How long he's able to get away for? Because they mm-hmm. rock their calls is like, hey, how many passports does he have? Five. <laughs> and how? Okay. <laughs> <have? laughs> like, hey, well, make sure he can't leave the country.
1: Yeah, and they're like weirdly belated for, to that. Like, why didn't you think to cancel yeah. known yeah. passwords and stuff yeah. before that?
0: I
2: mean, and Lily is like, you're never gonna find him. Yeah, um, at the end, <laughs> she's well, and
0: he seems like type person who could just blend in in some other small town, and
2: yeah, or just, yeah. I mean, he's gonna, and he's also, you know, he's elderly. Like, how much longer is he gonna?
1: Yeah, I get uh, the live? sense almost that they just they might just drop it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's also kind of like an embarrassment because like if you yeah if you if you know now he no longer has access to the information you've kind of like cut that off if you arrest right. him then you have to be like oh yeah we like let them leak this nuclear bunk- bunker into a random house you have to admit <laughs> everything to the world yeah um i mean i think that does happen a lot with spies a lot of the time they kind of end up not prosecuting because they don't want to have to disclose yeah unless it's become like too
0: obvious but
2: you know i i I,
0: prove that it's not going to happen again it's probably yeah well
1: one of one of the most famous adam spies melita norwood was uh in her 80s or 90s yeah right discovered in england and they just they could not risk having it all in the headlines of, of, you know, arresting an old woman. So, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, there were articles and stuff about her. They called her the grandmother who came in from the cold. But, uh, <laughs> um, well, I mean, I even mean, they like- basically just let her let her hang out because, I mean, what is she gonna run? She's like eighty three. <laughs> right, right. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I for- one of the Cambridge Five, they never prosecuted. The others, they just like let hang out for like ten years before they finally fled and were about to prosecute, but they didn't like do stuff for a while. It was, right. you know, it's, it's more, but I mean like the, you know, mole hunter famously very destructive. Like, you know, they kind of destroy <laughs> yeah. cause they destroy all trust, but they're also famously ineffective. Like, uh, um, Hanson in the U S he was like suspected for like, People like kept like saying it was him for like ten years, and people were like, "No, nah, it's not him," and just like <laughs> kept he kept having access to information. So Robert Hansen,
0: yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the the thing that it ends on is interesting because it has an afterword written by uh John son, Nick, who who kind of finished the book in in some way, shape, or form. And I thought it was quite it was quite moving and interesting in the sense that he himself is a writer, which is, yeah. Funny. I think
2: a lot of people, I mean, cause he's using a pen name. Yeah. I, he's like a, I mean, not to his father's level of fame, yeah. but he's a known writer. Like yeah. people like his work. And I think until his father, till John the passed away, I think very few people realized it.
0: We he were, was his yeah. son. Yeah. Which is um, good. I mean, yeah. Up to him. Um, but i thought it was moving and, and i thought it was it wasn't too long it wasn't too um weepy in the sense no. that i could see something written like that being coming across a bit too i don't know i'm going to say over emotional which makes me sound callous but i think you know what i mean it was very deftly handled it was clear he really loved his dad but he also talked about you know their relationship uh-huh. was perfect and they had to you know work to, work on it together i just thought it was really uh, quite heartfelt, and yeah, it had a nice Britishness to it, I think, too. Um, he, it was
2: understated. Oh, yeah, certainly. He also, he wrote right after his father passed away, and then I think his mother, or no, his mother passed away a few yeah. months before. He wrote a very interesting article, and very kind of moving article about his mother as a partner to John the Carre, and just yes, how much... He edited much, his work. Yeah, how much, and I think I had no idea. I think most people yeah, really I had no idea, idea about that until this article. And it is very, I recommend it for anyone who's like, if you're listening, I'm yeah, probably a John LeCary fan. Idea. I recommend you read that article.
0: It's, it's, yeah, it's, so what happened, I think, is John died first, if I'm not mistaken. And then he had to go to yes. his mom. And his mom was literally terminally ill as well. Yes, um, which like I can't, I just can't imagine. I mean, you know, thankfully they were they were both. <clears throat> I think John Lecrae was eighty nine when he died. Yeah, had lived a, a full life, but still, that's that's a hell of a, a week or, or whatever it was because I think she passed away short shortly after. It was
2: yeah, it was very shortly after. I yeah. do, I think that is something we'll have to once we read the infamous naive and sentimental lover. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, his mother is john lecrae's second wife um and this is that is basically what the plot of the book is about is about (laughs) his first wife and the divorce and then he ends up marrying
0: nick's mother (laughs) right 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 yeah juicy um so i guess in in summary here to wrap up first of all i i think if you're a john lecrae fan i think you have to read it i think there's just too much wrapped up in it it being the last book, his son being involved. I think the themes, you just got to read it, even if it's maybe not going to go down as one of his best. Uh, but to be totally honest, I wasn't expecting much when I when I started reading it. No, I, really, I wasn't either. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's not Spy Who Came In From The Cold. Um, it's not, you know, a smiley novel. But goddamn, there's not too many authors that can make something so um small feel so much fun and um and, and funny and yeah I, just I,
1: so emotionally I, rich I love yeah that.
0: totally and all the characters are interesting and the dialogue is excellent. I mean it, it, it's it's a great book I think I, I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah are we gonna do should we do a uh, rank are we doing rankings or yeah, ratings? Yeah.
0: Let's rate it. So we'll rate it out of I don't know out of ten. Let's do a sure a 10 rating all right. I'm, I'm gonna go first. Yeah, I'm set the bar, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a a a very respectable seven out of ten. I think I honestly it, it's up there. It's up there among some of my favorites that I've read of his, um, but it's not a, a stone cold classic. Sure,
2: I I think I'd give it an eight out of ten. I like you came in very skeptical mainly because I mean we'll do the book. I really hated. Um, a perfect spy, his last book, mm. um, and we can get into why yeah, when we cool. read it. But I really hated that book and thought he might have I don't know lost it or not lost yeah. it like mentally, but like <laughs> like, like lost, lost the, the touch, lost the edge, yeah, touch. And I so coming in, I was skeptical, and I really loved it. I mean, it is it's his shortest book I think since Spy who came in from the cold. It's yeah. it's very short. It's a very quick read. Um, and I think it is a very good send off as it's very personal yeah, um, and kind of a meditation on end of life and family relationships.
0: 100%. Emma, what are you giving I'm it? I'm
1: going to give it a 7.5 on oh. the difference because I think it's uh, up there with some of his most emotionally resonant and um, most insightful works, but it's also, you know, it, it, it deserved to be finished by him. It, yeah, it really yeah. Needed, the story really needed it and mm-hmm. there are parts where you can kind of see the seams and it's a bit patchy
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you know what the funny thing about that is is i totally agree i think it needed him but at the same time i i do respect yeah that. it seems like nick had a much um defter hand like i don't think he was too heavy-handed I mm-hmm. think he tr- probably, and it sounds like in the afterward, this is, was his approach is he tried to change as little as possible. Um, and I think a lesser writer or someone maybe who wasn't as respectful of, you know, it, as you could be that, that Nick yep. is, he probably wanted to preserve as much of it as possible. So it probably is slightly unfinished, right? Ultimately. I don't think. Yeah, Nick, I'm sure. Nick finished it to publish, but I don't think you can say it's a finished book um which is part of the charm as well i guess
2: i mean it is kind of nice that you have that son carrying on it's like it is a nice send off in that you know his son you get i mean then you you can get things like um you know there are books like this that are not handled well um like i mean he wasn't dead she wasn't dead but um the sequel to uh to kill a Some set of watchmen or whatever yeah which mm-hmm. seems to have been like someone taking advantage like might have been taking advantage of someone with yeah. you know an old person with not their faculties not exactly but nick you know it, it is kind of touching that his son's an author and is able to you know has such respect for his father that he that he he, di- he able to finish it this way um uh, but I guess, you know, I think we all w- r- walking into this, coming into this, thought this was going to be the last book. But there is, I think they announced it the other day. It's not a novel, but it's a it's a book of letters um, from John right. and is going to be coming for out. For
1: someone so famously private. Um, yeah, it's pretty I don't,
2: exciting. it is exciting. Mm-hmm. And I I, I will we'll have to see like how convincing it is that, like, did he want these to be public? Like, yeah. is there something or is yeah. it? There's I mean, it doesn't question. it doesn't seem I mean, based on, every, you know, what Nick wrote about his mom and is written here, it doesn't seem like he's someone who would, Take you know, is like it. a cash grab to plus, like, I mean, there's you don't really need the the money's going to come from his old books. It's not going to yeah, come yeah. from like this new book of letters. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully it's not a betrayal of trust or something. I hope not. But I, I, not. I am very interested in reading it. Um, yeah future episode stay tuned yes uh i think actually in speaking of on the next episode uh the I, I will have to confirm but we may have a very special guest on the next book um well you can cut this out uh <laughs> i well, talked to uh don hughes about oh right yeah, yeah, yeah i will i said we were gonna do this and then i'd follow up with him so Okay. So. Um I haven't followed up with him. Okay. I well, we'll, don't know if he's we'll still into this, it. Um but this we'll part. But yes, we it. may have a very special guest, but if yeah. not, um we'll still figure out which book or movie we're gonna do and yeah.
0: uh yeah. hopefully
2: be back to you uh with all three of us.
0: We'll see you in six months. No, just yes.
1: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> see you for our next annual episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's good to be back. I had a blast getting back into some jump. Definitely.
2: Production. Um yeah my
1: mom my mom has been asking um, i get yes i do i get
2: asked by my mom i get asked by other people where the next episode is so actually my mom my mom texted me today asking when we
0: were recording the next episode (laughs) okay well here we go we're done it's in the can thanks everyone so much for listening and we will see you next time all right bye bye
1: bye